I'd like for you to turn with me to the uh, first book of the New Testament, Matthew, the 24th chapter, and uh, beginning with the uh, 37th verse. The 36th verse says, But uh, of that day and hour knoweth no man, not the angels in heaven, but my Father only. This evening we want to look at the parables of the second coming or the end time when Christ will come back. There are six of them right here following from this one here. And uh, this first one is of, is of uh, Noah. But as the days of Noah were so, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day that Noah entered into the ark, and knew not until the flood came, and took them all away, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Then shall two be in the field, the one shall be taken, and the other left. Two women shall be grinding at the meal, the one shall be taken, and the other left. Watch therefore, for ye know not what hour your Lord doth come. This is it is time that we need to, each of these parables that we want to look at tonight is of the judgment of the world, the end of time, each parable. It has this distinct theme, the real long word, and you may have read it and heard about it, as catalogical, it just means the coming of the last things and the treatment of the last things, and it's easier for the average person just to say the coming of Christ, the end of time. So these are all parables of the end time. The central message is the time of the Lord's coming. And the central, the underlying thing is that it cannot be known by anybody. In light of this, it is it is critical to remain awake and prepared. Awake and prepared. Being prepared to, to understand and to be ready to be ushered in at the last time and be received of Christ is something that every individual ought to be really ready for. And he ought to be understanding that he is, is a steward that can be entrusted uh, in our own possession, in our mind, to be prepared. The theme here increases with intensity as we go through these parables. Eventually, it uh, dominates entirely uh, in the coming end of time and in the end of the world. The one that comes is just the one that really uh, 
this is just the one that climaxes it, where the, there's people on the left, there's people on the right. And uh, the, the great uh, flood, looking at those verses from 37 to 42, uh, the Bible is clear here in this great teaching of the last things and of God coming and judging the world. And uh, the relationship is really uh, of our responsibility to these things is really easily understood. There's no uh, reason for us not to get this theme and to keep it on our mind. It's the fulfillment of all things. It's the restoring of all things. Uh, that had fallen in the beginning, in the Genesis story. Uh, we have paradise lost. In Revelation, we have paradise gained. The moral decline during the age of the flood uh, is often compared to the, the end time. Even today, when we look forward to this time, we... He just reminds us about the flood, and we have, we're reminded by Peter and, and by other writers about this. And uh, in the parable of, of, of Noah and the flood, Jesus uses this story to really to teach. And he's made comparisons many times about other things. Uh, for instance, the Queen of Sheba coming from the far ends of the earth and coming... Uh, to see Solomon and all of his uh, people, and and he refers to Jonah and his coming in the in the end of time, and people uh, Nineveh having having to give uh, a heed to him, and then finally a hundred years later, why uh, they were destroyed. All of these things are reminded we're reminded of in Jesus' teaching, and when we see this, we. Uh, we, we're reminded how, uh, how important it is for us to keep this theme in our mind. There is so much uh, lacking in our planning and in our dealing with uh, these that we just need to read these over and over. And uh, I trust that, that that one parable there that we read here, the coming of time, will, will help you with the 42nd verse. Look at that again. Here is the underlying theme from that is to watch therefore, for you know not the hour your Lord doth come. But know this, that if the good man of the house, now he goes into another one. See, he goes into another problem. Had known in what watch the thief would come, he would have watched and would not have suffered his house to be broken up and into. Therefore, be ye always ready for in such an hour as you think not the Son of Man cometh, who then is a faithful and wise servant, whom his Lord hath made ruler over his household, to give them meat in due season? Blessed is that servant. Blessed is that servant, whom his Lord, when he cometh, shall find so doing. What a message for us to be faithful in attendance, in worship, in helping, in contributing, in being boosters of the kingdom of God. Verily I say unto you that he shall make him ruler over all 
his goods. What a promise. What a blessing. We need to re repeat that over and over again. But if that evil servant shall say in his heart, My Lord, the day is coming, many times we reach out and get that. Maybe we, we play that role. And shall begin to smite his fellow servants and to eat and to drink with the drunken, the Lord of that servant shall come in a day when he looketh not for him, and in an hour that he is not aware of it, and shall cut him asunder and appoint him his portion with the hypocrites, there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. These are strong words, but it's our Lord talking about the last things, reminding us not to be negligent and to be prepared at all times. We wouldn't really have any difficulty in church attendance and in people boosting the work of the church and reaching out and touching others if we could keep everyone mindful of this right here. Now look at the next one. Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened to ten virgins which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. And five of them were wise and five were foolish. They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise or the, but the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. This is the preparedness. This is the theme of preparedness. He's, he's, he's weaving that through this. While the bridegroom tarrieth, they all slept, slumbered and slept. And at midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh, go ye out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps, and the foolish said unto the wise. Now they were all doing the same thing. No difference in them. Except one group, the five, were prepared, the others were not. It's difficult to, sometimes you can parallel these things, but the, the church is pictured here by the five foolish and the five wise. wise. And the five foolish are the people who has taken this theme and has capitalized on it and they're prepared. We don't know what all it included. We just know that you can't give your preparedness to somebody else when the time comes, whatever that is. See, But the foolish said unto the wise, Give us of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. If they'd been prepared and had been looking, they wouldn't, that wouldn't have happened. And you can just place yourself in, in what category are we when we're caught off guard? But the wise answered, saying, Not so, lest there should... There be not enough for us and you, but go ye rather to them that sail and buy for yourselves. Now, grace cannot be given unto somebody else when it comes to time to being saved for them when the Lord comes. Unlike what the Mormons teach, that you can be baptized for as many as you want to, you know, and baptized for dead people. Everybody has to be responsible individually. And there is a relationship with God and with Christ. 
And this is the relationship that these wise were trying to impart to the unwise. And we can't go to heaven on our father and our mother or our sister and our brothers good works and promptness or preparedness. You just can't go. You just can't do it. And this is the great lesson here. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and they that were ready went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. Whatever it, 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 the oil indicated, it has to be in line with this theme, preparedness, in a relationship. They haven't left God and Christ out of their life. They have a relationship with them. They, not have a, they don't have a relationship with tradition and with just the service and just with the function and just with the time to meet. It's a relationship with the one they're waiting for, the Christ. Afterwards came also the other virgins, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he said unto them, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. Preparedness was a relationship with the Lord. And that's the ongoing thing that we need. There's the 13th verse then says, Watch therefore. What was it? it was the preparedness. It was the relationship converted. Sometime I have a sermon, and I haven't preached it here. If I ever have, I've forgotten. But converted to what? And usually I go down some of the traditional things that we're so converted to that we make a test of fellowship and we leave Christ out of it. We leave the relationship with him out of it. And it's a thought here. Look at number 13. Watch therefore, for ye know not neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. Now if they had their, their live relationship with God, with Christ, they wouldn't have had to have been shut out. Now here's another. For the kingdom of heaven is, a, is like a man. Here's another. Here's another one. The last things. He's teaching about the last things. He just gives intensity. He's just gain. Into a far country who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. And unto one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to every man according to his several ability and straightway took his journey. Then he that had received the five talents went and traded with the same, and made them other five talents. And likewise, he that received two talents, he also gained other two. Now this has to be referenced unto Christ going in back to heaven and leading us with our opportunities and our gifts of our temperament and our blessings that he gave us when we were born. But he that had received one went and digged in the earth and hid his Lord's money. It's whatever he had to operate. It, it, whatever it was, it was the Lord's. He calls it money here. He calls it talents another place. But it's that which the Lord gives us to work with and invest with. And you know what that is? That's our mind. That's our spirit. That's our love. That's our adoration that we have for him and for everybody. After a long time, he comes back. The theme here from the beginning of this time is building up. It's intensity. 
It's getting more intense all of the time, and it's referring to the guy, Christ coming back and what it takes for us to be good church members. A long time the Lord of those servants cometh and reckoneth with them. He's going to call us for an individual a responsibility. Our response has to be what we've done with what he's given us. And so he that had received five, he calls him in front and center, and he says, give me an account. He bought five other times. He doubled his. Saying, Lord, thou deliverest unto me five talents. Behold, I have gained besides them five talents more. He was prepared. He was preparing all the time. He was using that which God had given him. He was responsible. He was looking for his... He didn't... He didn't... He wasn't surprised when his Lord came back. He knew what his responsibility was. His Lord said unto him, Well done, thy good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee faithful over many things. Enter thou into the Lord, joy of thy Lord. Now, I'll tell you, this sermon has to hit every one of us right between the eyes. If you don't feel the need of this, you just need to get closer to God and to his word. And you need to ask yourself the question, how are you using those wonderful thoughts and the creative powers that you have to adore him and to teach others about him? How lazy are we? How indifferent are we? And God hates laziness, and he hates indifference, and he hates a person who doesn't care. But he that had two talents came and said, Lord, thou delivers me two talents. I've been on the ball. I've been doing what I could. I knew I'd have to give an account to you. I knew I had to be responsible, and here's two other talents besides what you gave me. Oh, he gave him the same blessing he did the other. It's nothing but responsibility, individual responsibility of whatever God has blessed you with. He said to him, well done, thy good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I'll make thee faithful over many things. Enter thou into the joys of thy Lord. Then he came to receive the one-talent man and said, he said, Lord, I knew. Oh, you're such a bad God. And I just had so much fear. I just knew it was, I was just scared. He could have said, I didn't think you could do anything through me. I didn't think it would amount to anything, what I did. Because I just had one talent. I just, I just, I just didn't do anything. Now, he didn't know it was wrong not to do anything. And he didn't think he hadn't done anything wrong. And he wasn't a bad person as far as doing things wrong, but he was a person who didn't take, assume the responsibility of this was God's money. This was God's talent. This was God's uh, uh, life. We belong to him. And Romans 14 and 7 says, If a man lives, he's the Lord's. If he dies, he's the Lord's. Whether we live or whether we die, we're the Lord's. And he says, Thou 
I, I knew that you, that you were a hard man to deal with. Well, he didn't know the Lord. He didn't have any relationship with him. Because God isn't hard. He is a God that's loving and kind and helpful and will help us to turn in, will help us to double what he gave us. He did these other two. And number 25, he says, I was afraid. I was afraid. And I just didn't do anything. Sometimes a person says, oh, I was afraid to pray. I can't pray. I can't wait on the day. I can't do those things. I was afraid. Just remember that this is for us when we feel that way. Don't be afraid. As I said this morning, fear not. It's all through the Bible to people. And they're like two mountain peaks standing up. Fear not. I'm with you. And he said, now you just take what you have. And here's the way God responds to that. He said, you're wicked and you're slothful. You knew that I reaped where I didn't uh, sow, that I expected something, but you didn't assume your responsibility. You didn't have any faith in me. You didn't, you didn't believe that I could double that for you. Thou oughtest, therefore, have just put my money out and just drawn interest on it. There were different ways you could have used it. If you were so lazy, you didn't want to do anything, there were different ways that you could have used it. And you didn't even do that. He said, then I could have gotten the interest on what I had. Now, I don't know what all that includes. I don't know what we could have done. But you know, sometimes we may not be as energetic as others, and we may not want to be. But you know, we can take our smile, and we can take our encouragement, and we can take our love, and we can just, we can just let somebody else use it. If <laughs> we don't want to do all that thing, we can at least back down. Maybe that's the interest God wanted. I don't know what it was. I don't think we'll ever know. But he said, I won't, I won't tell you. You just take that talent and you gave it to, the, to him that double his. For unto everyone that hath shall be given, and he shall have abundance. But from him that hath not shall be taken away even that which he hath. And cast ye the unprofitable servant into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now, that may be a big, big, a, a bad picture, and we may think about, well, if God is that way, I don't have anything to do with the church. Well, we don't have any choice. Because there's a devil that's trying to get the preciousness that's in every one of us. And God cares for us so much that he subjected his son to the chaos that we're in in order to show us what he can do with his creation. And there is a war going on, and Jesus is one, and he's just asking us to help. And he, does, he wants to pull us out of the pit. God made us, and we don't have a choice. We have either one or the other. And if we don't take him, we have to take the other. Now when the Son of Man shall come in his glory and all the holy angels with him, 
Then shall he sit upon his throne in his glory, and behold, and here is the last great scene, they shall be separated one from another. The intensity is coming. And as sheep divided his she uh, shepherd, his sheep from the goats, and he shall set the sheep on his right hand and the goats on the left, then shall the king say unto them on the right hand, Come, ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Now, we get to thinking about that we're prepared people for a prepared place, but at the same time, we don't want to assume our responsibility. We need to think about this beautiful scene here that God has for us. And Paul said, I have not seen nor ever heard nor has it entered into the heart of man in the second Corinthian letter, about the fourth chapter, what God has prepared for him. For I was in hunger, and you gave me meat. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in, naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came unto me. Then shall the righteous answer him, saying, Lord, we didn't even know that. When did this happen to us? Well, I'll tell you, they were prepared people, and they were ready. And when they were helping those destitute and needy people, those people who were in need, when they had that, reaching out to help God's creation, they were helping Jesus. Then shall the righteous answer and say, When saw we thee, and hungered, and fed thee, and thirst, and gave thee drink? And when saw we a stranger, and took thee in? Or when saw we naked, or clothed thee? And when saw we sick, or in prison, or came unto thee? And the king said, Shall answer and say, I say unto you, inasmuch as ye have done it unto the least of these, my brethren. Uh, that passage is is one that we need to give an exegesis, get out of it what he meant. And what is it? That's the people that God's created. That's the people who need help. That's the neighbor that the Good Samaritan reached down and helped when he was half dead. That's the opportunity. That's the talent that a person takes and uses. You've done it unto me. Then shall he say unto them on the left, Depart from me, ye cursed, unto everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was unhungered, and ye gave me no drink, no meat. I was thirsty, and ye gave me no drink. I was stranger, and ye took me not in. Naked, and ye clothed me not. Sick, and in prison, and ye visited me not. Then shall they also answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee in hunger and a thirst and a stranger and a naked and sick in prison and did not minister unto thee? They weren't prepared. They weren't ready. He said, Verily I say unto you, inasmuch as you did it not to the ones who needed it. They forgot about their relationship with people. And we need to understand we have a responsibility. He said, You did it not unto me. And these shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into everlasting life. Now, Jesus said that, and I didn't. But you know what? Jesus was wanting the message to, to get to humanity. And this urgency that the last days and the last times 
in these passages are important. And we ought to read it over and over, and we ought to take it with us, and, and we ought to understand that we'll have to give an account. We'll, we, we'll be responsible to God. And the reason is that we're just in a creation that God made, and he has a beautiful creation, and the devil tried to get his creation away from him. And paradise was lost in the Garden of Eden. Paradise is regained in heaven. And Jesus has made it so. And a lot of people don't know what's happening. They're so caught up in this world and in the senses of, of, of the degrading factors that call, take man and just put him down on the plane of the devil. Until we have very few people that's really responsible spiritually to the Lord and to the God who created us and ask us to save others as we ourselves are saved by the blood of Christ. If you're not faithful to Jesus, you need to, you need to dedicate your life. If you haven't been buried with him in baptism upon the confession of your faith in him, now's the time to do it as we stand together and sing.